صفا Talents. Hello, dear listeners. This is Katya from Safa Talents. In March, I visited Israel to find out more about the diversity of the Israeli society and its people. I'm very happy and grateful to introduce this podcast series as a result of my various talks with great people. I met Celia Jawabre in her hometown Kafrkara in the center of Israel. Because of Ramadan, we had to drive out of the Arabic town to a shopping mall where we could sit and chat in a restaurant. Celia is a very energetic Arab-Israeli woman, mother of two and successful in her career as educational counselor. Celia became a feminist and activist at an early age and she's involved in many social activities. Celia describes herself as a social entrepreneur in her soul. Meaningful social action is the center of her life. The first time we met at a gallery, Celia took me by surprise. The way she looks is very unconventional, and when we started talking, I was immediately impressed by her strong personality and the way she thinks out of the box with a progressive, forward-looking mind. Celia cares about the rights of women and minorities around her, and she addresses the painful topics directly. In the interview, Celia shares insights into her own upbringing as a Muslim woman and the struggles of being an Arab in Israel. She also talks about the opportunities she got with the Jewish Foundation to improve the educational system. Celia speaks openly about the violence and mafia structures in Arab towns and how the Israeli military is involved in its rising. At the same time, she names the racism within the Arab minority, which makes up 20% of the Israeli population. Women, fairness in society and peace are of great personal concern to her. Celia is very aware of her scope of impact, but she also has a dream. Please hear for yourself and excuse the typical noises of a restaurant and the humming traffic in the background. So we are near Wadi Ara, Umm al-Fahim, Baka. We hanged out here with many stores and restaurants. We are sitting in one of the restaurants in a big empty room. We asked them to allow us and it has been very nice and allowed us to sit here. It's very nice, it's very hot today. And, uh, Even though it's only April. Yeah, yeah. What is happening in the world and the global warming is affecting our environment and our climate here also. You're very close to the border of the West Bank. Yeah. yeah. And these are Arab villages. Yeah, yeah, it's Arab villages. It's called Muthalath, which is a triangle, Arabic triangle, because it's all a, a big Arabic region here. And we have the city, the Harish city. They built it for 10 years, something like this. It became magnificent and big because they don't want to have a big Arabic region together. They still have this kind of mentality that we are dangerous for them and uh, demographically and uh, geographically. Uh, so they build the city on Arabic lands and the city it's in the heart of the Muthalas and it's Jewish city. But they didn't succeed at having this dream come true because they don't have many Jewish people wanted to come to live there. So Arabic people started buying houses and uh, living there. They have 
magnificent project. They are building like crazy and it's still empty. But they are still building. I don't know where it came from all of this money and they have their allowance and whenever we build we have to go to committees and like this and there they are building like there is no law. So it's weird. It's very weird. But it would be really nice if Arabs keep buying the properties yeah. there and so maybe a new Arab city arises. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Unplanned. I, th I think it would be mixed, but whenever now something like this happened, the attacks between Arab and Jews, you would be afraid of what the outcome of this would be on your family because I think there is uh, some ex extremists that are living there. So, And they have the victim mentality. So. They don't see the occupation, they don't see the border, they don't see the uh, soldiers, they don't hear about the killings here on the West Bank. Whenever something happened from the Palestinian side, they think that they are victims and they have to give it back and they to have revenge. to be revenge. And so you don't want to be in this situation. So I prefer to live in an Arabic village and to, to feel, feel kind safe of safe. There. We don't feel safe at most in the Arab cities because of the mafias. We have it. And here the police are not interested in fixing this. Let's and say the that. mafia is a homegrown mafia? Yeah. All of the weapons are coming from the Israeli military. They are selling them. I don't know how or when or what. I think soldiers are doing this because we can't make it. So we just can buy it. So they are doing this and the military in some miracle incidents, they can't catch the people which are selling a weapon to Arab mafias. So it's an escalating problem. It started from the army and escalated to civil life. And they are threatening people living there, so yeah. people have to give them money. Yeah, to for, yeah, yeah um, if, like if you have. Classical yeah, yeah. If, if you are uh, opening a restaurant like this, Raffaello, which we are sitting in, in Nazareth, for example, you have to pay them uh, protection. They mm. say protect, protection. Mm. Otherwise, you will be attacked by them or by other mafias and uh, such. So mm. we didn't have it before. We didn't have uh, when this When did that start? I think it, it started uh, 20 years ago mm. when they make sure that if there would be weapon in Arabic hands, it would not be against Jewish. If they can kill each other, it's okay. We know that. We all are saying that. It's not something radical that I'm saying. The Israeli regime is allowing this to happen. Mm. Because after the military ruling after Nakba, till, I don't know, till the 70s or 60s, no Arab was allowed to have a weapon. So you are allowing this to happen and you think if they kill each other it's okay. But you can't control some chaos like this. It would be going out. Yeah, it backfired. So that's yeah. what happened. Mm. I don't love the idea that people have weapon. Because whenever they have weapon I always imagine the women. Mm. What would they feel if they have a violent husband which is ha having a weapon at home? You would be frightened. You would be frightened that he can kill you any given time. So I don't love that, this fact, but I know for a fact that many people in the Arab society have weapons. Also not the mafias, people mm -hmm. that want to protect themselves because yeah. they say the mafia has it. So I want to be able to protect my family if something happens. So also other people, people like you and me, are buying weapons too. So yeah. Mm. 
let's um, go back. Go, go, yeah. no, not go back, but come to you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, whenever I am talk about it, it's very depressing. But it's the situation. It's yeah, it's the situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. think the situation is very important. Yeah. And that's, I guess, one of the things that's occupying your mind. But maybe there yeah. are other things right now. Yeah, I think about my work. I have a new job now in the north. I was uh, working at Trinkar College. I was the manager of the Arab Student Unit and I managed all their affairs from the beginning at the Mechina, which in Hebrew it's a program before you start learning to the college and until they go to the outside world with their career and uh, let me just, uh, for our listeners, um, it was the unit for Arab students at Schenker College of Engineering, Design and Art. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> and right. I think you managed the Arab students. Just the Arab students, that, yeah. That they would come in and yeah. also to make sure that they are well integrated. Yeah. yeah. And the, I, I would, can I ask a question? Whatever you want. Um, because I think it's still interesting uh, to see, is it easy or how difficult is it for Arab students to enter such an institute? It's more difficult in Shankar because th there are many environmental uh, reasons why you can't come to Shankar because you can't find parking anywhere. So if you come in your car, it would be expensive. So you have to pay for the parking all the day, which is very, very expensive in Tel Aviv, Ramadgan. There are no dorms mm -hmm. for students, so you have to go out and check if there are apartments to rent. Which is hugely expensive in Tel Aviv. Yeah, and because you are Arab also, there is a more difficulty to rent to Arab people yeah. because they don't want to do that, especially if you are boys. Boys face m more difficulties to find apartments like this, and it's expensive, as I told you. And public transportation are challenging in the Arab area. So you, if you want to be at 8 in Shinkar, you have to uh, be up at 5 o'clock. So. Okay. so it's more an infrastructural problem yeah. than a the problem of, yeah. of getting access to such a great... Yeah, but it's a big problem, some of, of the, the problems. We build all of the facilities by my unit to give all of the help we can, educationally, uh, socially also. So whenever you came and you have been accepted, you have all of the help. But th we have other problem that we came to a college when we are 19 years old and our peers in the classes are 25 and 26. Because of the military yeah. duties. So you have, you, have you have different abilities and we don't have the Hebrew mother language. So we have more difficulties than mm. others. We have this unit in every college, almost every college and uh, university. Some of them are very big, some of them are more small. My unit was very big, considering the number of students. What's the ratio between Arab students and... Uh, we are seven and a half percent, percent from the students. Which is a lot or not? No, it's uh, way down, but we grow very much. When I entered, they were 19. Student now they are uh, 220. Yeah, this year we we took 94, which is very big number, number to yeah. student. Yeah. And so those lucky ones who get accepted and manage to afford all this, yeah, this <laughs> expensive or resource-intensive surroundings, how well integrated are they? Do they collaborate together? I, I think the fact that they don't have experience and life make it more harder mm -hmm. to be integrated because they don't have the language also. Mm -hmm. It's very hard and you are 
much younger than the other and your peers. In, in the, at that age, yeah. that's really a difference. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, some depart. You would have uh, just one Arab student from 90 uh, Jewish. It's very hard nowadays in the chemistry engineering department. We have 50% of the students which are Arabs. So they are well integrated because they feel power. They feel yeah. that they are half of the class. So they are more uh, integrated in the student life. But there is something that is very interesting. Whenever we, you have bigger group of Arab students, they prefer to be together. They don't, <laughs> they don't prefer to be in the other group. You can see this in the Haifa University. Whenever there is a Arab group, in between the Arab group, the, you have the Christians that are together and the Muslims, religious Muslims are together and the group in between which is secular or the less yeah, religious. Yeah, so they can be together and the Druze also, they would be together. The so Druze? Yeah. yeah, Druze yeah. I think that's not known to every listener that the yeah. Druze are also an ethnic and religious minority here in Israel. In I don't mountains. think about a, a eth ethnic, it's very political because they are Arabs. Yani, in their origins, they are Arabs. Now, because of the military, because they are integrated in the military, so they started to think that they are not, but <laughs> you can't change the past. They originally are Muslims from the history. I don't make this up, you can check it out. And they are Arabs, because always say to them, the Druze mountain in uh, Lebanon, called the Jabal al-Arab, which is the mountain of the Arabs. And in Lebanon, no Druze will say that we are not Arab. But here, because of being Arab, it's not good status. It's, it has been changed, but mm. it's uh, political. This is the Safa Talents podcast, interviewing Celia Chawabre, an Arab-Israeli feminist and educational counselor. You are an activist yeah. and you are also a feminist, yeah. like when I sum up yeah. uh, your activities, yeah. but of course you were not born like that. Yeah. So do you remember something like an initiating moment when yeah. you realized I want to do something in society, uh, the women issues are really important for me, was there some beginning or where? Yeah, I came from a very religious Muslim family. My mom was a teacher, a Muslim teacher. She teaches Islamic learnings and ibadat, which is how to worship God and such. She was volunteering all of her life. So we had it from her. I think I had it more than my siblings, that you have to do something for society. Your um, purpose in life that to do something good. So. My mom thought that you have to do something good for just Muslims. When I grew up and uh, I opened my mind to other people around me, I thought that you have to do good to everyone. No matter if it's Muslim, uh, Jewish, Buddhist, no one has to be like you. I don't think about heaven, which is, you know, whenever you are Muslim and religious Muslim, you think that heaven is certain by your name. So I don't think so. I think good people would be in heaven. And when I think about people, I didn't think about the religion. can be a heterosexual, you can be homosexual. As long as you are good people, I don't mind. So that is my religion. I believe to do good to all people. I developed that when I grew up. It was not like this when I was little. But my mom thought that we have to do good to the society. She thought, you didn't came here to do good by yourself. 
because of that she volunteered all her life. She was giving hours after hours and working and doing and meeting people, doing telephones and she didn't get paid for that. She believed it and in my childhood to the feminist question I saw many circumstances, many women in my family like my grandmothers, two of them. I don't know how to say it but um, not fair. Ah, unfair. Mm -hmm. They have mm -hmm. unfair uh, childhood, they had unfair marriages, and I said to myself that it would not happen to me. This is the fire in me. I am very protective of uh, my rights and women's rights. Whenever I go to places, I think about women, how well they get paid, and uh, what are the conditions that are working on. It's very important to me. That's why. <laughs> so that's. Uh, and you succeeded. Alhamdulillah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to. I'm still trying to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, it's very important to me because I think men can care for themselves. The women are fucked up everywhere they <laughs> by their um, rights. Also here, if you go to Mango, for example. To the shop. Yeah, to the shop Mango, which is uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's an, an international Yeah, brand and Zara. Yeah. And you go there, and you know they are getting profits. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. They are high profits and they p are paying m minimum wage so he said to myself why it's because of they are women mm. look at the people that are working in this store they are all women so they are doing bad to society by doing this and they get less paid compared yeah. to men yeah in Israel it's well known that women get less paid by 30 percent 30 30 yeah, not 13, 30. Yeah, 30. 30. 3 0. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. You grew up, as you mentioned, in an Arab family. Yeah, small uh, village. village. It's a coast village, Fardis, as uh, Fredis in, uh -huh. Arab, in Arabic. Uh -huh. Yeah. Which is the paradise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because of that, because uh -huh. it was like paradise. It was uh, full of trees and plants and such. Now it's less, but. Uh, yeah. And it's close to the sea also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very close to the sea. Yeah. yeah, very close. But um, I mean, still, you are uh, in an Arab village, but in Israeli society. Yeah. And you are working with women as well and fighting yeah. for women's rights. Yeah. So can you describe a little bit of the role of women in Arab-Israeli society, which might differ from yeah. Arabs in the West Bank or in Gaza? I, I'm sure it does. I don't, have, I, I don't know if there are, are such rules. I think, um, I, I think we, we have... Uh, at the most, um, women are working and go going back to... They, d they don't have uh, w long days because they have to be with their children, so we still have this rule to do in the house, to be the, uh, the ones that you are cleaning and educating the children and uh, teach teaching them and uh, doing the homeworks together. It's so much the role is still housewife? Yeah. Yeah. Even if you are working out. Mm. I think most of the women here d is doing that, so... You say to yourself, we are well educated, we go work out and we come back and we have all of these chores that we have to, to fulfill. It's changing, but not rapidly. In the Jewish community, they are more changing and they are more uh, uh, participating in the house uh, chores. You changing that the husbands participate yeah. more in yeah. the homework. Maybe, yeah, it's becoming mo more fair. Mm. Yeah, but uh, in the Arab society, we, we are not, there is no uh, many engineers and there is no uh, many uh, doctors, women, 
uh, compared to uh, men, but they are becoming more and more in the... So in the, the higher education is also growing yeah. under women. Uh -huh. Actually, uh -huh. we are more than men. We are 70-30. For the Arab students, 70% of them are women. 30 are men. But I guess they choose those uh, sections in the educational line which are not the most well paid. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You are right. Yeah. yeah. And and whenever something became more feminine, like uh, all of the kindergarten, and you know, it's, it's not well paid job, and actually social worker, and uh, educational counseling, and such, whenever it's a feminine job, it would be a lower paid yeah, job. That's yeah, that's the same worldwide. But yeah. Um, yeah, but we are doing the most important job. So mm -hmm. you know that whenever they do something in high tech, it's important, but not as someone that education your children. S saying something about our world view of uh, education and money is more important than yeah. education, than people, than everything. So, yeah. It's very related actually to the European story. Also American. Maybe on a different scale. Yeah. So what are you doing now? So I am in Branko Weiss, which is an educational uh, organization. Branko Weiss, he is an education figure. He was from, I think, from Pol Poland. Uh, no, no, from uh, Yugoslavia or something like this. He Branko uh, sounds Slavic, yeah, yeah. from, from yeah. former Yugoslavia. Yeah, and he came here and he had a science education and he want to improve the education system here. So he started to build a line of uh, schools. And after that, he had courses for teachers for improving their abilities and their knowledge about courses like teaching co courses. Yeah, like for teachers. teachers. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for mm -hmm. teachers. Pedagogical. And yeah, like this mm -hmm. in many fields. I work with the educational department in the Rene, which is uh, near Nazareth, Nasre. So that's a city. It's it's village. It's uh -huh. a big village. village mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we are working to support their educational system. I work in, on behalf of them in the educational um, department, and I am helping the manager of the department in programming the whole program for the department. And also, we have a budget that we want to give them to uh, improve their support or the, uh, mm -hmm. the stuff that they the services. their services. Mm -hmm. And also we have courses that we can give them. Mm -hmm. So uh, now we are in the planning and programming and we are seeing where they have difficulties. And after that we are planning to give them the services. Now it's, it's very a new thing. I am the first prototype for this program. I started the first. They are building now a, a something like a unit, a whole unit that will be working in the Arab cities. Billions for Arab society to close the gaps. Oh. So this is helping the program of Branko Weiss because they can give them the money to mm. give the educational department because the educational department does not have free money. They don't have the money that they need to improve their uh, services yeah. in order to be good and to be more uh, efficient. Safa Talent. After five years in Shankar College, after building my unit and make it good, I want to do something else. Mm. I didn't want to stay there. I don't want to feel stuck in some place and, and not moving. I love to move. And, and to do you know where it should move? 
I think that I have a pattern. I figured it out this year that I love to build stuff, no matter in which field. I love to build it and to build it good and just to give it to someone else to... And then move on. And Not move to on. manage something existing, yeah, but no. to build yeah. something new. Or if I manage something, I manage to keep building it. Mm. So it would be very wide and big. I can't stop in some place <laughs> and do the you same. You need to grow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You grow with your task. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what, what I love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I but but it's, it's, it's a very special skill. Yeah. Not many people can do that. Yeah. That's why what I'm trying to do in Rainy, it's very challenging because I have to work to, with people with the past and you have to know them and uh, know how to work with them. It's, it's process. Whenever you build something good, so you, you feel proud. I want to go deep after we establish the big stuff. I want to go deep in order to make change. So otherwise, to improve the quality. Yeah, otherwise we are doing more of the same. I don't want to do more of the same. So yeah. I have five years minimum in this place. <laughs> I say to myself, in every place I will stay five years. And after that, I'm going to go to the, yeah. To the next one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in other country, I don't know. Ah. They have a dream to go to New Zealand. To New Zealand? Yeah, uh -huh. she's perfect. Uh, Jacinda. I love her oh, very much. Oh, you mean the, the Prime Minister? Yeah, uh, I wish she would be... Uh, so you have a role model? Yeah, she's... Yeah. She's, she's perfect. She's, yeah. she's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> also, Finland is very good. Yeah. I don't know about her. I know about the education system, yeah. which is perfect there. Yeah. And they yeah. start from being... Very small. Yeah, yeah, from being lower yeah. in the education system, and they became the most efficient system in the world. So it's very interesting to know and to see how they do that. I am very grateful to Sweden because they allow many refugees from Syria and Iraq mm. to go there. It's not something that is easy because all of the Arab country, the Gulf uh, country, which is uh, very rich, they didn't accept any refugees. No. And they are Muslims, so... We don't love them and they, we think that they don't love us. They don't have our benefit in their minds because mm. the uh, rich people there in Dubai or one of the countries he was saying that he want do the border uh, between West Bank and here, he want to make it more efficient. So he was mm -hmm. thinking about keeping the border, keeping the occupation, but make it a little bit prettier maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah. You are listening to the Safa Talents podcast, interviewing Celia Jawabre, an Arab-Israeli feminist and educational counselor. The thing that I want to happen to my society, we are mostly Muslims. After that, we have Christians, and after that, we have Jews. And I want everybody of the minorities... You mean within the Arabs? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. When Arab minorities, I want everybody of them to feel that they are not frightened mm. about their position. Ten years ago, there was something between the Jews and the Christians. Some girls married to other side and was a problem between uh, two villages. And I think Christians and Jews does not feel safe enough in mm. our society. Mm. And I don't want that. Uh, we feel like this with the Jewish Arab society and yeah. Muslim in particular. So I don't want them to feel like this. I don't know how to express that, but I, I think something must change and we must open honest discussion about it because whenever something happening they say no it's okay this happened and that happened and it's okay no it's not okay 
whenever you want justice for yourself, you have to make sure that if you are not doing justice to others, you have mm. to do it. Yeah. So I usually, when I meet someone like this, I start to talk about uh, stuff and what's in your mind, and they don't share me very much because there is something that we don't talk about. Mm. We don't talk about this, that uh, we have racism in between our group. We don't talk about it. We, we just talk about the racism from the Jewish side because it's much easier to talk about it. Of course. Yeah. yeah so. Because the positions are yeah. somehow clear. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. But we have to talk internally because we will not develop if we keep... I mean, how do you see it? Because, I mean, 20% of the Israeli society are Arabs. Yeah. Um, one of five, actually. One of five, which yeah. is really a lot. Yeah. And I think not many people outside of Israel are aware of that. They, yes. they only see, you know, Palestinians in the West Bank and in Gaza, yeah. but they don't think about 20% Arabs in yeah. Israel. Yeah. But from my uh, outsider perspective, I see an Arab village. I know close to Haifa there are two Druze villages on the Carmelite mountain. Yeah. Uh, then there are the Jewish. So to me it seems completely separate. In the south there are some Bedouin villages. Yeah. Um, how do you see, how separate are your lives or how... It's very separate. <laughs> it, there is not much togetherness, is there? No. 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 They don't want to, they make it like this, you know, when they um, established Israel, 70-something uh, years ago, they do it like this, that there was not very big regions that uh, are Arabs. So they didn't want it to be like this because they didn't want us to be with each other. It would be a threat to them. So there is the north, there is the center, and there is the Bedouin. And also they did that with the settlement in the West Bank. If you see the West Bank, there are no continuance to the territory of the West Bank. There are settlements all around, all around. Yeah. so you can't have a Palestinian uh, city. And here it's also the same. We have the Palestinian way of life, we have the food that we eat, and the, we have much difference with the south. In the center and the, in the north, we more alike. We speak in dif different tongues. It's like the British and the Scots, something like this, mm -hmm. so it's similar. But the Bedouin are much different than us. We don't understand them. Do you have a wish for the future? Uh, for yourself or yeah. for others? I have many wishes. I would love to live harmonically. I wish for a Palestinian uh, country and uh, here to be country for all its citizens and to have a uh, peace and all of the weapon problem that I told you about. We need a very systematic solution for this uh, problem and after that we need to see what we can do with women in all of the society, not just in Arab society. I have many wishes uh, for the future. One day will happen I don't know it's not in my hand but uh, you know uh, what is in my hand now to do is to make the educational system in Israeli more efficient than it was ever so that's not something that I can do in, with my own uh, powers so and that's a lot yes yes yeah 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 they will they will do some articles about that in oh. a few years inshallah. yeah inshallah. I wish for it yeah. yeah thank you so much for the interview you are welcome yeah. <laughs> You will find some more information about today's guest, all podcasts and many more articles on our website safatalents.com.
Thank you for listening. I wish you a happy day.